Welcome into the December 23rd episode of the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs with a win today against the Philadelphia Flyers to finish off the pre-Christmas schedule. We'll break down that game uh, and also an update on Rasmus Sandin came out today. We can also share that one. And it's the final show before Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate Dave coming in spirits with his Christmas-themed sweater. It's not ugly, so I can't call it an ugly sweater. It's a beautiful-looking sweater, just like your beautiful-looking, freshly-shaped bald head, my friend. We're going to do our Christmas wish list for the Toronto Maple Leafs and see what we can, uh, you know, what type of stuff they might be asking for Santa Claus uh, this upcoming weekend. So we'll tell you all of those as well. All that more on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also check out our YouTube channel as well, for daily video coverage on YouTube, check it out. Locked on Leafs. Hit subscribe and get new, fresh daily videos. All Leafs, all the time, directed to you, the listeners. Um, just a couple of days away from Christmas, Dave. I can't believe it, but the the you know pre-Christmas schedule is over. You know, there's always those segments of the year where you can kind of look back and reflect, and maybe we could do that a little bit today. But it's like, okay. We look back at the first six or so weeks when you look at American Thanksgiving. And then it's okay that at Christmas slash New Year's, you can kind of look back and see what's going on. They got the trade deadline, and then obviously when the season's over. So we're almost like at that nearly halfway mark, not legitimately, but almost there. Um, and the Leafs ended it on a pretty good run. I mean, you, you think back to really November 1st onward, no team in the NHL has more points. Then the Toronto Maple Leafs, 38 points they've been able to pick up, which is two more than the Boston Bruins. Granted, the Bruins play tonight, and they all have a chance to tie Toronto. But as of now, the recording of this, which is a couple hours after the Maple Leafs defeat the Philadelphia Flyers in the next-gen game, they're at the top of the mountain if you were to count the standings from the turnaround that started against the Philadelphia Flyers. It was a 5-2 win that, uh, that November 2nd, the night that they won. Today's next-gen victory, 4-3, the Leafs able to beat the Flyers. It, it seemed like they were going to run away with it, though. Like, when when Willie made it 4-1, Dave, didn't you sit there and say, okay, perfect, this is great. They've been able to really lock it down defensively the last six weeks or so. They'll be able to lock this down, maybe even add another goal. And you're thinking 5-1, 5-2 final. And then all of a sudden, Florida scores – or. Uh, Philly scores a couple of quick goals and it's four three with like six minutes to go. And you're like, uh Oh, what's, what's going on here? Did you have that same little, you know, butterflies in the stomach at that point? I'm just going to repeat what I got in the uh, discord chat. And then a few text messages, which was, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legitimately. That was like, 
uh, uh, oh god that's not good like it, it was more so like how the flyers scored like just ugly goals like the Leafs were scoring beautiful goals the mitch marner one was a little bit of an ugly one but like some nice goals from the leafs and you got a couple of ugly ones from the flyers samsonov didn't exactly have his best game you're just no. like oh it's gonna be one of those huh um so yeah the the it was you know you wish they could have just cruised along 4-1 end the game you know make it make it a nice put a nice little bow on it no the kid they need to get the anxiety up of all those kids in the in the in the arena yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, they come away with the victory, pick up a, a valuable two points, and they head into the holidays on uh, on a high. You know, it's a team that I mentioned has been, um, you know, clicking on on all cylinders, really firing on all cylinders for the last two months, almost all of November and so far all the way through December as well. Um, but it was the next gen game, so we expected for there to be fireworks. It was a little slower than I anticipated it to be through the first couple of periods. It was very much similar, I guess, to, you know, the the Tampa game where it was pretty low scoring through two periods. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you started to see the tempo once the opposition started to push back and, and you started to see them kind of get some waves. Um, so Toronto, like the first two periods, clinic, absolute clinic. They didn't allow anything from the Philadelphia Flyers. I know they allowed a goal, uh, the first goal of the hockey game was on the first shot, but honestly, like, uh, it was outside of that one shot, they didn't really allow anything. Even that was kind of a fluky goal at the same time, right? So um, the first two periods, I thought Toronto was was terrific. And then what I like about the fact that they won a game in which it didn't necessarily go their way in the third and there were some bad bounces and a couple of tough goals that uh, Samsonov gave up is – they were still able to win the game. Like so many times we've seen this team in, in years past kind of crumble when things start to not go their way. And the fact that they're able to just gut it out, pull out a win, despite it not being you know their best effort, I think is still a, a good sign that they can win games when you know things might not go their way and they don't get a couple of bounces throughout the day. Well, I mean, they had what half a season of that last year to kind of prep them for it. So, yeah, that's something they were, I you know, not used to. I think the more impressive part was they were going up against apparently, you know, Carter Hart from like his time where he was a CHL goalie of the year. And just, just it, it felt like it was going to be one of those games. You're just like, oh, seriously. Yeah, and it did. It, it, like, for the first, like, what? I was in the half 38 minutes of the game. That's what it felt like. And then, yeah, it kind of all just kind of came out of nowhere for the, for the Leafs. So that's, I think what I, yeah, it, we've seen it many times where they've kind of bailed out the goaltending a little bit, or they've kept it close. I think the fact that they were able to kind of counteract being goalied uh, from Carter Hart, I think was even, that was a, another impressive part for me from that game. Yeah, and it was just like consistent. Like they were playing the right way. They were controlling and dominating the game offensively. Uh, I think the shots were something like 21 to 7 through two periods. So it's just, you know, keep at it. What you're doing is working. They didn't give up any grade A chances um, through the first couple of periods. Things kind of got a little leaky and loosey goosey in the third. I don't know if maybe they started to have one eye on Christmas break and um, it, it kind of allowed for some breakdowns because it, it was a lot. More like they're allowing some cross ice stuff that hadn't been the case throughout the game. They were pretty solid and tight in in the slot, not allowing that cross ice seam passes. Um, but ultimately, they shut it down. They got the win. Mitch Marner continues to come up big in these next gen games. He's now currently on a nine game 
next gen point streak. Like it's this guy just wakes up for these games. We all remember the the one in Carolina a couple of years ago, but every single time it's a 2 p.m. next gen game prior to the Christmas holiday, this dude wakes up and puts on a show. Yeah, it's almost like these are the games he was built for. Like the just he he's and you know what? Like I talk to a lot of I have a lot of like friends who have young kids and or just people like cousins and stuff. I ask them who like the kids' favorite leaf flares. A lot of it's Mitch Marner. Yeah, he is he is the kid whisperer. Like he he just seems to everyone kind of gravitate towards Mitch. He's kind of got that kid spirit in him. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that this is the game that he kind of he kind of wakes up for and like this is his the one he always gets. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't do a gritty celebration when he scored. I, that's the one thing I'm a little disappointed about. A little gritty? You want to do yeah. the the, the, He's the gritty done that before? That's why I was like, we're we're like that's where you got to pull it out. These you got to give the kids the full uh, full treatment here. Like they're gonna like he might have been at his first game. He's like, I got to see Mitch Marr do the gritty like. I'm that sure it's even done it with them. So after the the power play goal hit the gritty, yeah, that'd have been pretty. That'd been pretty good. That'd been pretty good if he if he was able to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you mentioned that you talked to a bunch of kids. I remember last year, like every year for World Juniors, they always end up putting up like, a, "Hey, this is my uh, player I aspire to be." Oh no, you know what it was actually? It was when I was um, I was the one of the assistant coaches at the CHL Top Prospects game. And they did, you know, this is my favorite. This is who I am, who my team, my hometown, and this is my favorite player. So many of their favorite players, a lot of the Ontario kids especially, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner was so many of their favorite players. Not Austin Matthews. Wasn't even a whole lot of Connor McDavid. Wasn't a whole lot of Sidney Crosby's, which probably used to be the, the, the big name that was said. Lots of Mitch Marner fans out there. And I think it's because he plays the game the right way. He's really bought into uh, playing a 200-foot game and – we see that constantly. Had a couple of short-handed opportunities in today's game as well. One, unfortunately, kind of ended up resulting in a power play goal the other way. But um, you know, you can't fault that. You know, Mitch Marner still goes out there and and, and plays solid each and every night. Um, I think he's up to what, like fourteen or fifteen straight home games with a point now. So yeah, Marner to me, as we I guess approach this um, this Christmas, uh, the the christmas break point of the season up to this point would you say that mitch marner has been this team's mvp i i think that'd be a fair it honestly could be between him and william nylander yeah and i'm leaning more towards marner because he i we always try to give the mvp to the guy who does it at both ends and you know mitch is doing it at both ends and william nylander is not doing a bad job defensively but he's not playing like the penalty kill like marner's doing yeah i would probably yeah i would probably say marner has the edge over uh over nylander but yeah like he's playing so many minutes like so many minutes every night he's playing penalty kill he's putting up points it's hard to not say mitch marner's the uh mvp of this leaf season so far yeah both guys had uh had goals tonight michael bunting had another goal in this game as well from distance too. That's two games in a row where he's kind of fired it from within the slot from distance and gone top corner. So adding some things to his repertoire, which, uh, which is also nice to see. Why don't we continue to break this game down on the other side? We'll, uh, we'll do our three stars of the game as we do after every single Leafs win, Dave. So we'll do that in, in just a moment. But first, uh, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's the NHTSA holiday season 
Uh, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, every province, and even the ones where marijuana is legal. Uh, that means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think that law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends could tell, your coworkers could tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Pay for NHTSA. Welcome back into the Lockdown Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, we're hosts here at the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Toronto with a nice, tidy 4-3 victory. Let's say actually it wasn't that tidy. It actually got a little scrambly at the end there. And uh, uh, let's, let's get to the three stars of the game. Because I talk about being scrambly at the end there. And the third star, I'm giving it to Austin Matthews. Strictly because of that stick check he had on Joel Farabee to make sure that this game didn't get tied and potentially lose it in overtime, which is almost inevitable for this team once it gets there. If he didn't make that stick, like Joel Farabee, there was a cross scene pass with about, what was there, maybe four minutes left or so. They had already came back from 4-1 to make it 4-3. And all of a sudden, Farabee, here it is right here if you missed it. Um, Look at that. Dude, look at that. He's got the puck on his stick right now. If you're watching it up on YouTube, you can see it. The puck is on the stick right now. Samsonov is so out of there. He just completely bit on the cross-size pass, thinking that someone's going to shoot it. He's out of place. Wide open cage. And then in comes Austin Matthews to stick check him. And he's unable to get a shot off. And uh, it flutters wide. And it remains 4-3. And that's how the game would end. So for that play in particular, he deserves a star. But like Austin Matthews, I thought was kind of all over the place tonight. I thought that he was a real solid contributor. He didn't score a goal tonight, but he did get a helper. And I thought he was a big reason why Bunting was able to score that goal. Like that was just a nice little tic-tac-toe play. And, you know, it's it's the threat that Austin Matthews is a shooter that I think allows his line mates to really um, give him, them time, space, and opportunities. Like because he's such a threat, Carter Hart goes down and bites hard on that thinking, okay, Matthews is for sure going to take the shot here and he completely overcommits to it. And Matthews, the high IQ smart hockey man that he is realizes it, pass it over to bunting who has basically half the net to shoot at. And of late, he's been pretty pinpoint accurate and he was able to, to pick a corner. So, you know, Austin Matthews to me gets like, it's my third star. Yeah. I'm pretty much was thinking on that, on the goal that he assisted on with bunting. Everyone was probably thinking Austin Matthews was going to shoot there. And he's yeah. like, Nope, psych, and then pass it off. Like, though, that's that's what that I think is what great goal scorers can do is you know what, I could probably shoot this, but I'm not going to because I don't need to. I have a and yeah, Michael Bunting, good on him for connecting on it because you know he might be was expecting Austin Matthews to shoot it there as well. And William Nylander with a great pass, yeah, to get it out there to Matthews, just that that line is buzzing. Buzzing, brother. Buzzing. Which almost like when you look at the fact that the team's been playing so well lately and, and that line's starting to really cook here the last week or so. And now they've got four days off. I, I hope that it doesn't cool them down. 
I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, your third star, Dave. Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna give it to Michael Bunting, just because he is uh, making me look good right now of having him on my fantasy team. I don't know how he was available. I know he was going through a bit of a cool period, but like this is a very deep league. So when I saw that he was available, I'm like, thank you very much. Like, he's, I, he's he's making like he, he, the fact that he's producing now it just it makes that line that much better like yeah you know you notice when he's not producing that line struggles offensively just because everybody has to focus on austin matthews and whether it was marner or nylander but now that michael bunting's a scoring threat you have you, you have to now look out for him you have to account for mm-hmm. him and I, I I just really appreciated what he has done the last what few weeks since since like he's been on this scoring tear, not yeah. scoring tear, but consistent tear. No, like I think you can call it a tear. He's got I believe the number is fourteen points in his last twelve games. Maybe fourteen and thirteen games might be it. But he's got like a score basically a point a game except for one. Like he was on that nine game point streak, nine or ten gamer, and then he didn't. And then he scored twice since then. So, you know, he's 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 been on a tear. He's been – I mean, a lot of these guys have been, right? Willie seems to be picking up points on a nightly basis. Marner, obviously. Matthews is starting to score the 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 puck again. You know, a lot of these guys are starting to really pick up some some offense. Yeah, Yarncroft scored tonight. He returns to the lineup uh, the other day. And in his second game back, ends up with a nice little tip goal off of, uh, off of a, you know, a little tip play, set tip play there. Um, and the man who set that tip play up is actually my, my second star of the game, which, which is Mitch Marner. I'm giving Marner the second star. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but he just wakes up for these next gen games, man, just wakes up. And he was doing an interview too, after the, after the first period. And, you know, he said himself, I I like these afternoon games. I like to get up early and, and get, get these games out of the way. And, um, he wakes up for them. So he clearly is showing that that's the case as well. But you just look at the game tonight. I mean, he scored a goal on the power play, a little bit of a fluky-ish kind of goal. But, hey, they all count. They don't ask how many. They just uh, – they don't ask how. They just, you know, ask how many. Uh, and, and we mentioned the assist on the Yarncroft goal. But also, like, five shots on net tonight, played 23 minutes and 27 seconds, which led all ice uh, – uh, actually, did that lead the entire game, actually, a nice time? It may have led the entire game. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, let the entire game, defensemen, offensive players on Toronto, on the Flyers. That guy was out there killing penalties. He was out there for five-man power play units, um, five-on-five, obviously, double shifting. You know, Mitch Marner is just a workhorse right now, and he earns my second star of tonight's, uh, this afternoon's game, rather. That's a pretty, pretty solid, uh, solid shout out there. I'm, I'm gonna give a little bit of love to the fourth, uh, to the fourth line with Olmberg. Like they just continue to look solid as a unit. You, you have to be kind of impressed with what they've been doing. Um, like I think they were just looking at the like their like chances on net. Like they're they're producing, and that's what I like from that fourth line is that they're not just you know they're not just being thrown out there and you know just taking up ice time like they're 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 contributing yeah and i've liked what i've seen from them curious to see how whether that i know we were like talking about like we should dry and hunt get into a game i can understand why you know one last game before the break just let these guys kind of have it but um 
maybe now we'll see if Dryden Hunt can uh, can add to what we've seen from this uh, from this group. Yeah, I, I I like the shout out there, and I'll even kind of raise you on on it and just say the bottom six in general, um, providing some 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 really good looks tonight. I mean, David Camp and Kerfoot, I think both of them could have had a goal tonight. That one play that Camp made. Uh, to kind of sauce the puck onto Kerfoot. And, you know, if he had just a little bit more finish to his game, I, I think that he would have been able to score that. It was a great um, play to make off the rush, a little two-on-one. And when you look at the underlying numbers, I mean, the shot share tonight, uh, 75% of the shots, um, or sorry, 80% of the shots um, were Toronto's when they were out there on the ice. They only allowed one shot against while that trio of that third line of Kerfoot, Camp, and Engvall were out there and they had a 71 expected goals percentage, which was the most out of all of the four groups out there. Uh, six scoring chances um, tonight. Didn't give up a single high danger chance either. And what's crazy about that is they begin a lot of their, like a lot of their shifts in the defensive end, typically like that's a, 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 a trio that just gets tossed out over the boards whenever they have to do a defensive zone face off. There wasn't a lot of D zone faceoffs tonight, just because they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. But whenever they do, like they do, spend a lot of time in their own end, and they turn defense into offense. So um, you got your third line and your fourth line playing some pretty good hockey on on both sides of the puck. Uh, but my number one star for tonight's game, I'm giving it to uh, to Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy, Will Nylander. Another glorious effort for for Bill Nylander, man. Like this guy's playing out of his mind right now, like like you said, if it's not Mitch Marner as the team's MVP, Nylander makes a strong, strong case for it. He had three points again uh, tonight. Um, that's a few multi-point nights that he's had over the course of the last week. So um, five shots on goal as well, played nearly 20 minutes a game, and he's doing it in, in bo on both ends of the ice, offensively and defensively. So uh, Will and Nylander, a little tip of the cap to you, pal. You had a outstanding first uh, first half ish of the season and finished it strong with a nice three point campaign. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, and he was my top star. Just like I think it took him up until February twenty sixth last year or February like mid, late February for him to get twenty goals. Yeah, and he's just shattered that this year. Like yeah, before Christmas, twenty goals before Christmas. That's wild. And it was a nice goal too tonight, right? Gets the puck into the little forehand backhand shelf. It's like oh. The oh, hustle really? play too to get like he saw the chance to get open there and he just he just took off. Yeah, like just basically shrugged off. I don't remember who it was who kind of tried to sandwich him on the boards, but he's like, No, nah, I got somewhere to be, guy. I had to go score a goal. Get off of me, get out of here. And goes and, and puts the puck at the back of the net. You're right. Um, so he deserves uh, a lot of credit for that goal. So um makes sense that he's both of our uh, uh, both our number ones, I guess we could say. Uh, all right, why don't we uh, take a break? When we get back, Dave, what is on Kyle Dubish's Christmas wish list? We will discuss on the other side. We both have two items that uh, we would be asking if we were Kyle Dubish. We would be asking Santa for on our uh, on our Christmas wish list. So we'll do that on the other side. I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morissuti. You'll listen to Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. It's all leaves all the time here on the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, uh, up, up on YouTube, 
you know, we, we still see roughly 50% of the viewers are non-subscribers, yet we continually see um, the same people coming through and watching these videos and commenting on the videos. And we really appreciate that. Honestly, we do. That's fantastic. Why don't you subscribe? Make it easy for yourself so you don't have to go searching for it in the search bar. It just comes up, boom, right for you. Here you go. Locked on lease. You can put the little notification bell that you can click there. And uh, you can get that delivered to you each morning when we put out new episodes. All right, Dave. We're about, well, we're, I don't know. By the time you're listening to this, I guess, we're a couple of days away from, from Christmas. Roughly within a 48-hour mark of, uh, of Christmas Day by the time you're listening. So um, what would be on Kyle Dubas's Christmas wish list so both of us have prepared our own lists we got two items we got one that we're asking from santa claus and one that we're asking from mom and dad you know so the parents so they can get some love too so why don't you go ahead and start what's uh what are you putting on kyle dubas's christmas wish list uh i think uh santa claus i want to see a a contract in the works you know kyle for, for kyle for kyle he's got a he's He's in the last year of his deal. I know they're probably going to wait until the see how the year ends with the playoffs, but I want I want a new contract. I want to continue. I want to finish what I started here in Toronto. I'm sure he would love that. Now take yourself out of the Kyle Dubas mindset for a moment. Mm-hmm. If you did wake up on Christmas morning as Dave Morissuti, you know Leafs reporter, Leafs podcaster of Locked On Leafs, and you saw that they had signed Kyle Dubas to like a five-year extension, let's say, what would your reaction be to that? Like, do you believe that the team should or that he's earned an extension like today or in the next 48 hours? Like, what would your reaction to that be? Well, firstly, I would say don't do what Ron Wilson did and announce it on Christmas Day, forcing <laughs> every Leafs reporter to have to work that day. Yeah. Uh, remember Emergency that. podcast. By the way, if this does happen, just know – Come check out Locked On Leafs because we will definitely be doing an emergency podcast on Christmas morning on Sunday. That would force we, us to do that. We'll as well. be full of panettone and anything else you can. Oh, think. oh we, yeah, I got a pile of panettones, man. Like, okay, after this, we, we got to discuss what uh, what what our Italian family traditions are when we get through with this, but. Continue, please. Yeah, your your I, reaction I would, if Dubas gets, uh, I would gets say an extension. If it's a five-year deal, I would say I can understand it, but I also would be like, are we going to – I know some people wouldn't want to reward until they see some playoff success with this team. I, I still think it would be – I think you can talk about it. I think you can see where both sides are in terms of what is what type of commitment is Kyle looking for. So, like, getting that – kind of ironed out a little bit but i think kyle dubas knows like he's not getting anything until he's he's like this team has shown that they can take that next step i i just think he understands that and it gives the the brandon shanahan kind of that perfect you know he's he's not forced to have to fire kyle dubas he can just say we're not gonna you know yeah yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. I I would be surprised if Kyle Davis were to get an extension before the season's over. Um, just because I, I think it really matters what happens with this team come April. 
the end of the day, there's a two-week segment in April, and they haven't been able to get over the hump. And this is kind of the final chance for them to do it, because if they don't, I think there will be some changes. And uh, it could be as high as the general manager, and then we'll see what happens after that. But uh, I, I would be surprised if he were if he were to get uh, get an extension. Not saying he hasn't earned one or, or anything like that, but I would be very, very surprised. What I would be asking for if I were Kyle Dubas, though, that might allow me to be in a position where I get that contract extension at the end of the year is some help. So how about a trade offer for a top six forward or some sort of top four physical puck-moving defenseman. So that big trade piece and that offer being put there on the table of uh, of Kyle Dubas and him going out and being able to get his guy, whether that's a Ryan O'Reilly or a Bo Horvat or a Timo Meyer or, you know, a Jacob Chikrin on the back end potentially. You know, there's a, a few other guys that, you know, maybe a Connor Murphy's a player from Chicago that you could get, a Max Domi maybe even from Chicago. Maybe you can get both of those guys if that's at all possible to do. Um, you know, something like that, just this that, that piece that we know the Maple Leafs want to add and at some point will add, and if he could do it sooner rather than later and kind of have that accepted offer email as a nice little Christmas morning special for him, I think that he would uh, – he would love it. Obviously, couldn't go through until the trade freeze is lifted on uh, was it December 27th, I think, or the 26th, the trade freeze will, li- will be lifted. Um, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you you want you want to be able because right now we're we were kind of discussing a little bit in the last podcast, kind of what the Leafs could potentially do. There's not that big like there isn't you don't really see that like glaring like this is the perfect candidate for the Leafs to go after like we I mean we didn't really talk about Mark Giordano until kind of later on when you got the sense that he was becoming available so I'm thinking that whoever the Leafs get might not be available right now like no one's talking about them being available right now I mean Kyle's always been kind of an outside the box thinker right so Mm -hmm. it's it's possible that that's uh that could be the case for sure uh what's the second item on Kyle Dubas's wish list you think I want to see if Matthew Nyes can finally decide to come to the NHL or come to the Leafs okay I think it's time to see the see him graduate to the next stage of his career I you don't generally see a prospect of his caliber stay too long in NCAA hockey like I, I understood why he went back for the second season but I think now you think of his age, you think of where he is in his game. I know, you know, I we've we've watched a few. Uh, I've watched a little bit of Matthew Nyes when he's uh, when I do get a chance to see him. I want to see this kid, you know, come playoff time. I think he now it'd be a lot to ask of him to be a contributor in playoff time. But in the right scenario, I wouldn't mind seeing if he can uh, if he could potentially help the Leafs and maybe be that. Maybe this, I think you kind of brought it up, so maybe that's what they're kind of hoping for as well. Maybe Matthew Nyes can be part of the solution. Yeah, potentially. I think that'd be, well, I'd be awesome if that is the case. And then they could put some assets elsewhere and, and focus on other other needs if he can turn out to be the fixture. But the thing with Nyes is he's not really going to be a part of this team until, you know, late March or so, like a, a, a few weeks before the season's over 
you're kind of going to need to have decisions about whether or not you're going to have to solidify a roster prior to then. Um, that's the only thing I think about when I wonder if Matthew Nyes is going to be a big part of this team this year. Just uh, that, that's what I think about. They're going to they might have to make that decision prior to Nyes coming out of college and, and signing when his season's over. Uh, for myself, um, what I think would be on Kyle Dubas's Christmas wish list. How about uh, a guaranteed four wins in a seven-game playoff series come April? Or an advance to round two golden ticket? That guarantees a first-round victory? Wouldn't that be nice if the Leafs could get that, if Kyle Dubas could get that and guarantee almost like a, a, a wish granted by a genie? Win a playoff round. Guarantee. Here's your golden ticket. Advanced to round two. That would be fantastic. I'm sure he dreams about that quite often. I think he's been dreaming <laughs> that, uh, well before Christmas. I think it's going to take more than just the power of Santa. You're going to need all the be all the powers to make that possible for this Leafs team. Yeah. yeah. But I will say this. The Leafs have been on, have been busting streaks. They have been starting their own streaks. Angus terms they start one in the, Playoff direction for a change would be nice. Would be nice, uh, you know, four to win four to seven games. Let's say within uh, within the playoffs would be nice. Huh? How about a four game winning streak in the playoffs? Wouldn't that be nice? How about avoiding a game six or seven? Oh God, that would be great too. That'd be good for uh, them. You know, I'm starting to go gray a little bit, to be honest with you. And I think it's it, it happens mostly around uh, around April. I mean, look, you used to have a full head of hair, and then. 2013 game seven happened and all of a sudden i was gonna right, say that's roughly the time i i would say it's probably around the time i started uh this leaves team man they just it just it's it's quick and painful <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are the items that we believe would be on kyle dubas's christmas wish list uh really quickly uh both of us are uh, of italian descent and uh you know italians Man, do they know how to do holidays right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of cultures know how to do holidays right. But I, I know that we, uh, my family, love to have a good party. They love to put on a spread. A feed bag is strapped on, meatless, of course, on uh, on Christmas uh, Christmas Eve. Because are you a Christmas Eve family get-together? Is that... Oh. Is, yeah, so my so with me it's kind of both, but Christmas Eve is like the the feast of all feasts. Right, and that's with like your Italian family, all your cousins, your nonna, zios. It's with everybody, right? The aunts, uncles, and all that. So that's what we do. Christmas Eve, it's the full family get together with everyone. Meatless, of course, because honestly, only because of nonna, because no one else cares. But got to do it for nonna because she gets furious if anybody. Um, even tries to, you know, order pepperoni on the pizza or anything like that. No sausage, no sausage that night. No charcuterie that night, unfortunately, either. Got to save that for Christmas Day. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if that's, uh, like, an Italian thing or if that's – let me know down below. Like, if you're not Italian, it's the get-together for you guys, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, because my brother-in-law is – you know, not Italian. He's just a, you know, regular Canadian munja cake family. 
And like they're either Christmas or Boxing Day. Like they, they Christmas Eve, they don't even think about it. So I don't know. It is a definitely a European. It feels like a more of a European thing. I think Portuguese are big on fish. So yeah. I would say that they probably are like I'm talking like when I'm talking fish, I'm talking the fish soup. Oh, with the squid? With the my, squid, the my mus- uncle, my uncle literally showed so my mom went and she went and bought it, but my Nona makes it every year. But my mom went and bought the squid and we had it sitting and he's he literally stopped by no more than two hours ago and was like, Where's the squid? We gotta get this stuff going, it's gotta get right, we gotta make it proper. Go get me the squid. I had to go down to the in the basement freezer and pick up the boxes of squid and be like, here you go. I am not a fan of it, to be quite honest with you. I'm not a, a squid calamari type of guy. I do not eat the fish soup, but uh, many, many of my family members are big time fans of that. I didn't appreciate it growing up. And now it's first off when it's one of the only few things you can actually eat that day. Yeah. But you know, I like you appreciate it a little bit more. We also have done variations where we'll do a uh, linguine di mare is what they call it. Mm. So like you put all the fish in a sauce and a tomato sauce. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had that. That that I'm I'm a little bit more in favor of. If you've got it, uh, if you've got it that way. Uh, what other Italian traditions would you say that uh, that you do out there? Well, we got the different panettones. Well, yes. Absolutely. You got- that you got to cut up all the nine different panettones people give you throughout. Like, I literally got so had some people stop by. Every single person brought over a panettone. Yeah, without a yeah. lie, that was four people. So four panettones right there. Yeah. Um, so those get all cut up. We do the. I always forget the name of them. We're cal- I'm Calabres, so there's it's the like the fried. Yeah, it's the fried dough. I forget the name too. I couldn't remember what it was. It's like the fried dough, and you can either put like honey on it or you could put uh like sugar powder on it yeah so we'll yeah. do those one year a few years ago my nona when she was my nona's 93 she's still doing some stuff but not exactly what she used to do god bless her soul god bless her she's a tank that woman she'll like just get out of her way uh, when I, I say when yeah. she's in the kitchen oh, she yeah. used to do cannolis fresh we'd fry them ourselves she has like the like she has the uh the dowels to do them so we used to do the cannolis and like I would make the cream. She would do the, the pastry. So we would do those fresh every year. Nice. Uh, oh, man. There's just so many different like there, it's too many things. You're just like in a coma. You're going you're starting five o'clock and you're going like we go until midnight. at her Yeah. House. Yeah. Midnight. And then you got to get home because, you know, your little cousins start to leave and like they still are Santa people. And it's like, oh, we got to get home before Santa Claus gets there. Got to yeah. get the milk and cookies out. Right. And I remember being that uh, that kid also back when I was like six, seven years old and whatnot. So um, it's a lot of fun, though. It's 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 a great time for families to get together. And it's really kind of the first time in, in a few years, too, that we could do that. Right. Like COVID's been at the forefront. Like last year, we didn't have a Christmas because. That was the big COVID Christmas where everybody got it. Like, I remember my, my mother got it like two or three days, maybe like a year ago today, actually. She ended up getting COVID and it spread throughout the house and we had to cancel our our family Christmas party. It was supposed to be at our house that year and we had to cancel it. Didn't get to, to spend time with the family. And then obviously the year before that, it, there were the lockdown restrictions. So, you know, hopefully all the families can get together and, and have uh, have a great time, a fantastic time. 
Um, and uh, a, a very Merry Christmas to uh, to all our listeners and happy holidays um, to everybody as, as well. We'll be back on uh, – we'll, we'll probably be back on Tuesday. Um, I think Tuesday we'll be back because Monday's box day, a holiday, and we'll be uh, – well, we'll be in food comas from the weekend, to be quite honest with you. Food comas, spending some of the no- money that Nona's going to give us. I'll <laughs> have oh, the, the, the crisp $25. In the card that's not spelt properly. Yep. You're not. You, read, that, you read it. You're you're known and never spelled your name right. Correct. No, she used to spell my name right, but you know what she usually does? She usually has somebody now. Before my aunt, uh, my aunt will get the card for now because one year she got me uh, "Merry Christmas, Nona from your grandson." <laughs> she thought it was from. <laughs> my yeah. my aunt doesn't speak a word of English, right. so she. I don't know how the person got this wrong at the store, but yeah. So I always, that's, that was always, always the card that was always wrong from her. And then yeah. try to read what she would write. She, like, I'm just like trying to read this. You can never understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess David is kind of an easy, easy thing, but like Mickey or, or, or Michael, if you try and spell that in Italian compared to how it's spelled in English, it's a little different. Like the way that it sounds, if you were to spell that out in Italian phonetically, it's it's not going to come out the same way. So I always, me and my cousins never got our names spelled right on our Christmas cards. Never by our nana. It's hilarious. It really, really is. But uh, love it to death. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see her also in a couple of days. Um, but, yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Enjoy uh, enjoy your weekends. Uh, the Leafs, they'll be off for, for a little bit. But we got World Juniors. World Juniors starting up on on Monday on Boxing Day. So when we come back on Tuesday, we'll have some World Juniors to talk about too. And then we can start talking about what's going on um, on the the kind of back half, the post-Christmas side of the Maple Leaf schedule as well. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasudi. Also uh, follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. Leave a comment down below. Let us know, you know, some of your family Christmas traditions. Because um, it's it's always fun to see what uh, what other families are doing, and maybe we could steal some of them with our families in the future, Dave. Potentially, uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, next Tuesday, as we said. Until then, happy holidays, folks. Enjoy your weekends, and we'll catch up with you then. Until then, keep it locked right here on the Lockdown Lease Podcast.